Hello, frazzled women. Welcome to another episode of Le Vital Core Salon. This is your virtual lounge for frazzled type A's, imposters, and activity addicts. And as always, I am your host and salonaire, Kara Martin Snyder. And just a reminder before we dive into the show this show features two women having adult conversation. So, If you look around and you see someone who may not appreciate the kind of language we may sometimes use, now's a good time to get them earmuffs, earplugs, or drop in your earbuds. I know you regulars know what my job is in terms of hosting this podcast, but for anyone new listening, my job is to introduce you to modern women who are out there making an impact in the world or feeling the impact of real life in their own life. And the women that I introduce you to are going to show up without a pedestal to talk about how bullshit or burnout is not slowing them down. And maybe it has in the past, or maybe it is currently. So the goal of this show is for you to hear how other women are really, truly, and honestly getting shit done. And my hope is that it's entertaining and educational and full of ideas that then you can apply in your own lives. And before we dive into today's episode and I introduce you to today's guest, I wanted to just take a moment for a shameless plug. Some of you who have been listening or following my work know that I am a small woman with a large goal of collecting 33,000 handwritten original task lists from women around the world. So if you can help with that, if you know a woman, if you are a woman, if you identify as a woman, and you have an original handwritten task list that you are willing to mail to me, my hope is that someday, before I'm like 100 years old, that I will be able to create an art exhibit made out of those task lists and in the process help shape and or reshape the relationship that we as women have between obligation, desire, and the stress of those two things not being in balance has on us, on our minds, on our guts, on our hearts. Because it's been something that I've been watching as part of my work as a health and lifestyle strategist for the last, you know, seven or almost eight years. And I wanted to try to channel it in a different way. And to do that, I basically need your trash and recycling to be sent to me. And if you want more information about the project, you can always reach out to me through the website. And you'll find all of that at levitalcoresalon.com. So it's L-E-V-I-T-A-L-C-O-R-P-S and salon, like hair salon.com. Today's guest, everyone, is Lainey Sullivan, who was recently introduced to me through David Kutcher from up in Western Mass, and he told me Lainey was a super connector of women, and I just needed to meet her. And that was kind of all I knew, until Lainey and I were able to hop on the phone and have a conversation and just like, hey, David introduced us, and I wonder why. And it was a great conversation, and I felt like she had so much to offer 
life experience and stories and being able to talk about it and and being really self-aware of of her journey. And that's why I invited her here today. And so Lainey is an event planner who's been working magic for people in terms of throwing events, whether it be a large brand one or even some smaller ones over the years. I think that kind of planning is just fascinating in its own right as a a fellow sort of planner. And so she talks about being a planner and also, very similar to me, being a refugee from the world of finance. And we'll talk about that and how that kind of shapes things and her, her career transition. And she also shares some personal stories about having to step back from her career to be a caretaker for some family members over the years and what it's like to sort of reboot a career. And then how those experiences led to her being kind of a digital nomad. And first, not by choice. And then now, by choice. And so we'll hear what life looks like for her these days. And it's a really great interview, and I'm really excited to share it with you. Voila, the interview. Hey, Lainey, welcome to Le Vital Core Salon. Thank you for having me. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to have you here. Where are you calling from today? Uh, today I'm in London. I'm actually in Hook Haunt, or Hook Hampshire, which is about an hour outside of the city. Fantastic. And we're going to hear more about your jet-setting lifestyle, I'm sure. But I wanted people to have a little bit of context about what keeps you busy these days. And, you know, you're an event planner and execution expert, and you've been doing this for quite some time. Do you want to talk a little bit about what your days look like these days? (laughs) Well, my days vary from day to day um, because I am traveling. So um, I've been, I'm in London for a month. So I have more of a normal, shall we say in quotation air quotes work schedule than I do um, (laughs) in most other places (laughs) that I'm traveling to because I kind of planted here uh, to get some work done and to make some connections. So my, my normal week um, here in London is, work Monday through Thursday and play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then I've got dinner things in the evenings and all that kind of stuff. So I actually have more of a normal schedule in London than I did when I was in Panama. Panama was like, go here, go there. Oh, stop and work for four hours. Wait, stop, go. Like it was constant. <laughs> so I um, I get to sleep until 730. And my I'm staying with a friend here and she's got three little girls. So it's um, it's like normal life, which I actually appreciate. So I'm not in that 100% tourist space. Nice. So it really feels like you're living there. You're in a real home, not just a hotel room. Yeah, exactly. What a world of difference. Yeah, it's a huge difference. (laughs) Got it. And so what are you doing for work these days? Oh, you know, just planning an event here and there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, no big deal. Um, no, I'm, I'm, um, I'm working on, I do plan events. That's, that's my main gig. And, uh, I'm working on 2018 events and I've got a few events, uh, this fall in 2017, which are going to pull me back to the U S darn it. I have to go back. Shocks. <laughs> I'm like, ah, um, but I have to go back. My brother's getting married, so I'm being forced to go back. I don't want to miss his wedding, but yeah, planning events and, um, actually just signed a contract with um, a client in Panama. I'm super excited. Uh, we're going to be doing a massive 
uh, international conference there for a Bitcoin cryptocurrency uh, conference, which will be really different and unique. So it's gonna be mad. I'm excited about it. That's amazing, Lainey. Yeah, kind of fun. How did you get into this book initially? <laughs> um, I'll be honest, I completely fell into it. Um, I was in the mortgage industry for 10 years. I was very good at what I did. I made a lot of money. And when the market crashed, I lost it all. And uh, willingly on one side of it and unwillingly on the other side of it, like I had no control over it, obviously. Right. But um, once I realized that I had no control over the, the loss and the potential loss, I walked away with mental clarity that probably a lot of people didn't have um, and didn't know how to have um, because I, I knew that I'm like, you know, it's just stuff. It's okay if I'm walking away. It doesn't, it doesn't take away the, the challenge and the struggle that I went through, but I realized that I'm like, you know, it's just a house. It's just a car. It's just a business. <laughs> and to say that now, um, it's very flippant. But when I look back at it, I really was able to go, you know what, I can, I can start over. It's totally okay. So I um, lost everything, kind of, I mean, I was in finance and people were like, oh, stay in finance or go into insurance. And I, I didn't love what I did. I was really good at what I did, but I had zero love and passion for what I did. And so it, was, it took me about a year and a half or so, kind of jumping around, trying different things to really figure out what I want to do. And I really didn't know. I, I landed a job at a marketing agency um, as their event event manager, event marketer. I'd never done events before. You're kidding. Did you like <laughs> never, planning never, parties? Never. Like, were you the type of person that loved throwing like themed parties or things like that? No, I mean, I'm a totally like a planning type of a person and completely OCD, like anal retentive, which is really great for event planning. Um, <laughs> but no, I've never planned an event in my life at that point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I will tell you, I totally faked my way through the interview. Yep. Completely <laughs> said, yeah, I can do that. Yep, I can do that. Yeah, I can totally do that. They put me in front of a computer the first day and said, create these PowerPoints. And this is what they need to look like. I taught myself PowerPoint in the first three days of the job. <laughs> oh, my God. And, um, and here I am today <laughs> planning events. <laughs> I love it's kind of hearing story. this, that you faked your way through the interview, because this totally crowd did. is definitely a crowd where there's some imposters in our midst. And I always think, you know, so often women are like, oh, unless I can like 99.9999999% do this thing, I can't possibly put that on my resume. And I definitely can't tell someone face to face that I can do that. Oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I can relate a thousand percent, but just do it. I, I say just go and do it. Um, learn it, figure it out. I mean, that's what we're good at. We as women, we're good at figuring it out. Men, they can't figure out shit. But we women, <laughs> we are, we have our shit together, even though we don't always think so. Well, it's, it's funny because it makes me think of this story where I was at a conference recently and someone was, the speaker was talking about if the job was to be the chief breastfeeding officer, you know men would still show up and talk about how they, they could get the job done. <laughs> Right. I have so many dirty comments about that that I'll keep to myself. <laughs> you learn about me. I have three brothers and my mind goes straight to the gutter every time. 
you won't scare me. (laughs) (laughs) I can't guarantee that. (laughs) (laughs) So Lainey, what gave you the courage in that moment to really just like, all right, I gotta, I gotta get this job. You know, it was something different. I was really intrigued by it. And I honestly, I was completely desperate at that point. Um, it was, I did not want to go back into finance. I didn't want to do insurance. And so I was like, this is my opportunity. I, I knew I could do it. I, knowing what I had done in finance and how I had built up my career in finance, I knew that I could like literally walk into anything and do it again. Um, and I'm so glad that I had that courage to do it because I, through the years, I always haven't had it. So I'm so grateful that I was just like, I can do this. And I was confident in myself and they bought it hook, line and sinker. (laughs) (laughs) And did you, did you thrive in that kind of energy? Like when you got there in the first couple of days and were like, Oh, PowerPoint, I totally know this secretly. You're like in the help section, like all day long, figuring out how to make this presentation. You have no idea. I was like, (laughs) yeah, I was like, yeah, 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 sure. I can do this. Okay. No problem. I mean, I knew enough about other, you know, I mean, I was pretty tech savvy at that point, except that I'd never done, I'd never touched PowerPoint. And so, yeah, I mean, this is the funniest part of the whole thing. Like PowerPoint, when you work for an agency, you are, you have to do a proposal and that's a deck. That's a PowerPoint. That's what they call a deck. You have to do a recap of the event. It's called a deck. And it's all done in PowerPoint. So if you don't actually know how to do PowerPoint, you're totally stuck in the mud. So I was like, yep, I can do this. No problem. Because they stuck me in the back room so they couldn't see what I was doing. So I was like, okay, how do I do this? And how do I do that? And they'd given me a model of one to follow. So thank God I had a model of one to follow. Otherwise, I I probably would have been fired. Now I can whip out a PowerPoint in like two seconds flat. Nothing, no big deal. <laughs> I'm laughing because it sounds like the the sort of computer equivalent of like Lucy and Ethel, like stuffing chocolates in their face. Yeah, like, right, I can do this. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> so you survived and it sounds like you went on to thrive. Like how did your time at the agency work for you? Oh, it was amazing. I, you know, I'm, when it comes, like I said, when it comes down to event planning, you really do have to be detail oriented. Um, I worked with a lot of large brands. They are very, very, very specific about their brand messaging, about their branding as a whole. So it's just, if you have to make sure that everything that you do and every, every way that you represent them is within, um, that alignment of their branding and their messaging. And if it's not, you're going to hear about it. So, you know, so it's very, it's very detailed. And so we had to, you know, you got to make sure everything is on point. And when you're dealing with 20 brands at a time, which at at some points I was, um, you've got to be very, very organized um, to be able to maintain the status quo for every single one of them. And not even the status quo, but operate in excellence all the way through. So those are small feats. <laughs> just, yeah, no just big deal. Tiny things. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> so getting organized, and I mean, you're talking getting, being super detailed and super organized, you know, organized on steroids. This crowd of Levital Corsalam listeners 
something I hear often, and I mean, especially in in my work as the health and lifestyle strategist, it's all about getting your shit together, right? And quite literally and sometimes figuratively. What helps you stay organized? How do you achieve that level of organization? Well, um, I am a manic to-do list maker which I know somebody who is collecting to-do lists. So yes. So I, I need to send to you. Yay. I will take any stashes of to-do lists ever. <laughs> so I, I do. I, I have a couple of different things that have worked through the years. Um, I have, you know, like I've um, just a general to-do list. I'll make a list of priorities of, of my to-do list. So sometimes I'm operating off like three to-do lists, my planner and my journal. So I'm a little bit, I'm like overkill, like organized. Um, like right now in my planner, I have seven separate lists sitting on my week for the planner. I'll never get it done this week. Um, let me tell you that. But what <laughs> I, I probably have 40 items on this list of things to do. But what I did is I broke it down by major topics. And then I broke down, okay, underneath this topic, what has to be done? And, you know, underneath this, like, what do I need to do on my website? These 12 things have to be done on my website. I need to do, you know, videos. What do I need to do? What kind of videos? So I, I have it all broken down. Sometimes it's just one big massive list. But because I'm traveling and I feel like a crazy person sometimes, <laughs> I had to take my massive list the other day and go, what the fuck do I have to do? <laughs> and that is exactly So I broke it down in this very anal, retentive, detailed, organized, broken down, 40 item seven category list. Nice. So, so you're working mostly by pen and paper and really right now it sounds like it's kind of fractured. How has that evolved for you since you were managing like 20 global brands? Um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's very different. I've, I've gone through the, you know, make a list online and use tech and, and, and use different applications. I've tried every single application possible known to man for organization. And I am definitely a pen to paper organizer. Like I have, I have so much stuff on, on computer and it's great, but when it comes down to um, exercising my thoughts out of my head, <laughs> I need a pen and paper to do that. <laughs> so, um, it's like, it literally feels like an exorcism sometimes. <laughs> so, and hopefully I'm not offending anybody. I don't mean any religious issues <laughs> with that. But sometimes I feel like I'm like, I just got to get it out of my head. Um, so I'm definitely a pen to paper person. You know, back then, um, everything when I when I worked for the agency, everything was in spreadsheets for every client. I mean, we had lists of things that we had to do. We have, you know, every every event. And, and even now, like as I organize my events, all my event checklists, they're all digital. So I, I can't do that on paper because I've got to share it with my team and I have to share it with my client. But and so I operate the same managing my client work. So it's all digital. It's all tech. Um, but when it comes to my my life and my head, it's got to be on paper. Well, I listen to you talk and I hear how quickly you speak. So I can only imagine <laughs> your thoughts are moving at hyperspeed compared to that. And I can't imagine anyone could type that fast. <laughs> <laughs> Even I can't type this that fast sometimes. <laughs> my head's faster than my fingers. <laughs> I can believe it. I can believe it. Yes. <laughs> Lainey, you mentioned something interesting when you were talking about your 40 items across seven lists this week. 
and the the notion of I'm not going to get this all done this week. And that's something, you know, as I'm collecting lists for the 33K task list project, as I'm listening to my clients, that conundrum is something that weighs really heavy on, I mean, I talk to more women than men, but I would imagine it applies to both genders. What's your experience when you have a week like that? You know, there are days when I'm overwhelmed, but at the same time, I'm like, so I actually was talking to my coach recently, a couple, few weeks ago, as I was in the midst of um, the beginning of um, a part of my travels. And I was like, oh my God, I have this massive list of things to do. She goes, Lainey, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, you're always going to have a list of things to do. And it's always going to be massive. And I was like, yeah, you're right. She's like, no, but you're always going to have it. So it's how you choose to handle it and how you choose to deal with it and emotionally and physically and all of that. And she's so right. Like, so I, like when I wrote out this 40 item list, it wasn't really because of overwhelm. It was really just for me to organize my thoughts um, and to diminish the chaos that I was starting to feel that, you know, like if I didn't organize this, it was going to feel chaotic to me um, because I just kept adding things to this big, massive list. And so, yeah, I'm always going to have a massive to-do list. So I take the list, prioritize it. You know, I'm okay if stuff doesn't get done. What I what I definitely make sure every week that I do is to make sure that my clients are taken care of, my income-producing activities are on track, wherever whatever they are and wherever they need to be, and then everything else falls into place where it's supposed to. Do you have a time during the week that you plan? Like, what does that process look like for you? Normally, yeah, normally I, traveling has changed it all for me, but normally I'm, normally like a Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, you know, what does my week look like, you know, as I mentally prepare for the week, I usually sit down and, and uh, organize the, the upcoming week. And I always do something that I learned from, I learned from David Bird, um, it's B-Y-R-D if you ever want to look him up, he's got this whole uh, plan your month ahead of time, plan your week ahead of time. And I learned that I got, I don't know, like five or six years ago. And it really changed how I organize my life and my head and, and all of that. And I don't always plan my month ahead of time. Uh, these days I'm more in the flow than I am in planning mode for the months at a time. Cause I'm enjoying the process of traveling, but I definitely look ahead. I always am like, what am I trying to accomplish. And and as an event planner, I'm looking ahead at my clients' work more than I'm looking ahead always at my own stuff. Got it. Are there particular questions you use to kind of help you get into that planning mode? Like when it's Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening and you start to think about the week, is it just a really organic process or do you revisit certain questions? Um, no, I think it's really just an organic process. I look at what's, you know, what I did last week, what's still outstanding and, and kind of start, you know, moving things ahead if, if whatever I didn't get done. And, and I have learned not to beat myself up over what's not getting done. Um, if there was something that was important and that was a priority that was supposed to get done, it didn't get done or it didn't get completed. Maybe I started it. I just pick up the pieces where I left off and I just keep going. I used to 
I used to work like 24 seven and I can't say that I don't every once in a while still put in some crazy long hours, but I've given myself the freedom and the flexibility and, and almost that forgiveness to say, you know what? It's okay. It's still going to be there tomorrow. It hasn't killed me. It's not going to impact my client or my business. You know, I mean, if it's detrimental, obviously I'm, I'm really on top of it, but I don't ever let things get that far because I think that's when then things really start to hurt in your business. So I never let the important things, the things that could hurt me or my business, I never let them get out of control. So as a woman who came out of finance, talking to a woman who came out of finance, I'm guessing that kind of forgiveness was not a skill you learned in that job. Oh, are you kidding me? I don't know. <laughs> How did you Jeez. learn that lesson, Lainey? Um, Lots of trial and error. I couldn't attest it and, and, and say it's one specific thing. And I think it's really been a process more over the last year and a half than it has been over the last decade because I used to beat myself up going out of finance and then you walk into event planning and people think event planning is fun. Now <laughs> I love event planning and I love the nitty gritty details it scares the crap out of most people. Um, but they see the glamorous side of it. You know, they hear, Oh, you're going to Panama. That's amazing. Yeah. You have no idea. <laughs> but <laughs> There's no forgiveness in that either. You you work the job until it's done. And there's and you work. If you have to pull a 16-hour day, you work it. And there's no overtime. There's no love. There's no congratulations. There's no job well done. It's expected. And so um, until I got out of that and really, really started working in my own space. And, and in the last couple of years, it's really been the last couple of years. And, and once I hired a business coach, it really fast-tracked it. <laughs> So guys, hire a business coach. That's all I got to tell you. I don't care how much it costs. (laughs) Do it. It totally changed my business. It changed my head. I got my head out of my ass, first of all. And and I didn't think my head was in my ass necessarily. So that's a sure sign that your head's in your ass when you don't think it is. Um. Yes. And no better than a coach to tell you that. (laughs) Exactly. Lovingly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like get your shit straight Lainey okay yes ma'am let me work on that um and no my coach never actually said that to me she's she's an amazing coach and, and um but that was really the turning point for me was hiring a business coach and saying you know what it's really okay um I don't have to beat myself up over it I'm allowed to have a day off I'm allowed to go to sleep um, because I need to take care of myself. I need to show myself love. I need to have self-maintenance. Like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like, I don't know, like a month ago, I was like, oh my God, I shaved my legs. She's like, I was like, look, I did self-love or self-care. Or self-care. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I showed myself some self-care and I went and shaved my legs. She's like, she's like, oh my God, shake my head, right? SMH, I'm chatting with her through chat. And she goes, Lainey, that's called self-maintenance. I was like, well, today we're calling it self-care. <laughs> That's what it is today, because that's what I got done. Because <laughs> that's the best you're going to do that day. That was the best. <laughs> so, you know what? Sometimes we just don't get around to shaving our legs. <laughs> yes, yes. And some people choose not to. And I, I love, like, what that takes off of their plate. Like, sometimes right. I think, why am I doing this? I could just let it go. I could. Right. Yeah. You know, in the wintertime, you need the extra layer. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. 
That's true. Especially me. I'm always cold. So yeah, I probably <laughs> I probably should let it go more strategically in the winter. Very, It works very well, let me tell you. Okay, see, we have digressed, ladies, too. I know, I know. And I feel like then we be- then this becomes like a whole gender identity argument and oh lord have mercy <laughs> just for, just a razor and some hair right <laughs> so Lainey you're talking about self-maintenance you're talking about learning how to have self-compassion and I know at the same time you are living this totally geographically independent lifestyle I am how can you talk about your travel just so everyone's on the same page. Yeah. So, um, I decided, okay, so I kind of have to back up the travel conversation a little bit. So my mom was diagnosed with cancer in November of 2015. I had just literally six months prior to that, just moved to Denver and I had finished helping my aunt take care of my great uncle who had dementia. And so I was free as a bird. I was in Denver. I was like, all right, I'm here. I'm going to settle in. I'm going to get some work done, kind of restart my life again. Um, Cause I'd kind of put it on hold um, partially for that time. My mom gets cancer and it's like the whole, my whole life imploded and you know, cause it's your mom and, and all of that. And so I packed up my life. I put it in storage and I flew to, flew home to Portland seven days later, literally from the time I got the phone call to the time I hopped on the plane, it was seven days later, broke my lease and went peace out. I got to go take care of my mom. And so there was this long drama ordeal. You can go read about it on my page on medium.com. I have a post about it called parenting your parents. Hilarious. But um, I took care of my mom. She, um, she's fine now. She's alive and kicking and I get to call her every week and give her shit. And I'm so grateful that I get to call her and give her shit. And so love it. But yeah, we went through about eight months of just physical issues. She not only had cancer her first week back to work, she um, got into a car accident. She was rear ended and totaled her car. And so yeah, so, you know, I'm home. So and I'm thinking like, she's back to work. And okay, time to again, start, like, let me get back to me and, and doing Lainey. And, and she calls me in tears and totals her car. And so we spend a day dealing with that. And three days later, she falls down the stairs at her home and breaks her left foot and sprains her right ankle. So oh my literally, God. my mom is not on her feet. Yeah. So we And then you put mom up, in a rubber room, right? <laughs> we we told her we were gonna saran wrap her in bubble wrap and put a helmet on her and she wasn't allowed to move. Like that's the ongoing joke in the family. Um <laughs> poor mom. <laughs> we're like, where, where's the bubble wrap? <laughs> so I know my poor mom, she gets so much crap, it's ridiculous. Um so um so yeah, so I was not I so again, put my life back on hold. No big deal. I mean I didn't think it was a big deal, but when you, um, when you put your life on hold and you become a caretaker, because when you become a caretaker, you have to put your life on hold because it's 24 seven. Yes. We need you, you know, she can't walk. She's, she can't walk on crutches. Um, she, we had to, I had to help her up the stairs and down the stairs and we're on a scooter. So I'm, you know, we had to buy a new car. Like just the whole thing was this, like this massive, crazy, physically, emotionally, financially, 
taxing situation. And when you're in the moment, you're just doing it. You get up and you do it and you go to bed and you get up and you do it the next day. And you just don't think about what it's doing to you as a person who's caretaking, who is the caretaker and the caregiver. And, you know, in the midst of it, I, my mom and I's relationship, we'd had some issues in the past. Like this crazy time in her life really allowed us to, to heal some of our issues together. So I'm really grateful for that. I'm really grateful that I was able to spend some time with her um, and kick her butt (laughs) and take care of her. Um, And so coming out of that, uh, that's when I actually hired my coach. So about a year ago, um, April, May last year, my mom was back to work middle of June and I had called up my aunt who, um, who had was the one I was helping take care of the great uncle. So I called her up and I was like, I was in tears. I was like, I need a break. And when mom goes back to work, I just need somewhere to go to like decompress. Like I needed space. I needed to come back. I like come back to myself essentially. And so I was like, can I just come out for the rest of the summer and just hang out? My aunt's got a farm and, and you know, five acres and lives in the woods. It just is like, amazing restorative place to go and like heal essentially. Yes. And And rest. uh, You had to have been exhausted. I was more, I was a shell of a human being. I was a shell of myself. I wasn't, I wasn't me. I mean, the day my mom drove off, I like broke down in tears on my aunt's shoulder and just like, let it all go. (laughs) So today it's totally different, obviously, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's, I, you know, you don't realize when, like, like I said, when you're in it, you just don't realize how taxing it is. And so coming out of it, I was like, wow, like, I really had no idea where to start, like putting myself back together and didn't realize that I had to until I was in that moment that I was like, Oh, my God, I really need to put myself back together. So Lainey and I, <laughs> me, myself and I, sometimes I talk in third person. It's really funny and I do it on purpose. <laughs> I was so confused for a second. I was like, hilarious. <laughs> oh my God, Sybil, is that you? Sybil? <laughs> Holy crap. Um, I do it more for comic <laughs> relief than anything. But, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I'm, I feel like today versus last year at this time, just totally different um, coming out of that space and, and being able to just understand it and reflect on it and see it. And, you know, there's still like lots of shit that I have to deal with. You know, when you get a coach, they start pulling up crap that you did not know that you had to work through. (laughs) Um, So I'm super grateful for it. Um, I like to avoid the hard questions at all possible cost. And so the um, accountability serves you well. (laughs) No no way. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Hello, Lainey. You're going to sit in this, this taxing question. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely, I, I like to avoid the hard questions when I can. Um, and I only get away with it for so long until I'm pulled back to the hard question that says, maybe we should be dealing with this now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, coming back to all of that, um, the reason I hired a coach was obviously to put my life back together. And I know the question is what, it, what all about my travels. So well, I decided. I, actually, I want to stop you here if you don't mind. I want to. I, don't mind. I want to change. A, I want to ask a question before we hit the travel. Okay. So, 
Hearing that you left finance and that whole world, like that's another scenario, much like caretaking, where you're kind of like, you're so in it just trying to survive every single day Mm -hmm. that you're actually completely unaware of like what your higher purpose is, what you want to be doing with your life. You're just sort of spending your life every single day. And I, you know, your caretaking experience sounds similar as well. So you've had these like two kind of periods in your life that have sounded quite draining. I mean, certainly like with caretaking your mom, there's that aspect that you were able to come together and heal a lot of relationship wounds between the two of you. How did you do that deep level of healing? Hmm. Honestly, I cried a lot. And and then I got mad at myself for crying. <laughs> um, <laughs> because you didn't plan that, right? <laughs> right. I didn't plan on crying. And um and I, you know, and now I'm I'm I mean, still I'm like I hate to cry even, like even now like ah, I'm crying. <laughs> <But> <laughs> uh, oh yes, that, that's me. I'm like you should see my facial features when I do it too. I'm like ah. Oh, so, so it's like the angry cry, like the ugly cry. Yeah. Like I'm <laughs> yeah, mad I'm and I'm crying. <laughs> exactly. Um, but honestly, I, you know, I worked through I, my coach before we could even go into fixing my business and figuring out how I'm going to get back on track in business. It was like, how do I get back on, tra- on track in my life? And I mean, you know, my coach has a process and, and she's amazing. And literally I, I had to work through just a ton of different emotions that, I mean, it was all internal work. It was all inner work. And I wanted to avoid it all because it was really hard and I didn't like it. Even looking back on it, I still don't like it. I mean, I'm really grateful <laughs> for it, but I still don't like the process of it because it's gut wrenching. It's like you have to sit in it and, there's acceptance, there's forgiveness, there's love, there's kindness, there's graciousness, there's grace. There's all these things that you have to like bestow upon yourself that you may not have ever done before. And so you have to, I had to learn how to forgive myself and how to be okay and how to not be, you know, not feel guilty and stop saying sorry all the time for things that I really shouldn't be sorry for. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was a process and it wasn't an easy process. Um, no. I would like to avoid doing it again. So I'm my, like, I'm keeping myself on the straight and narrow <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to backslide and have to do right. this again. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, don't want to deal, deal with any of that. And, you know, I think a lot of, I know that I'm not the only one. I think a lot of us, you know, as women, as human beings, like, we have harbored issues um, and hurts and pains from, from, you know, past life experiences, you know, from being a kid or, you know, being married or, or from, you know, being hurt by a family member, you know, and some are really, really drastic and some are, you know, like, it doesn't really matter. Like we, we feel those hurts. And so going through and pulling all of that up on top of, the current, like, I was not just dealing with current emotions. I was dealing with, like, 30 years of emotions. <sighs> Let's not do that again. That's all I got to say. Yes. Yeah. So, so. If, if you had advice for people listening that are in a situation like caretaking, 
or in, you know, again, liking it to sometimes you're just in a bad career and just trying to survive that and that kind of draining experience. What single bit of advice do you think would be most impactful? I think the biggest thing is to find some time for yourself and to just reflect on who you are, like keep, keep who you are, keep your independence, keep your individuality. I think we lose that sometimes within, I mean, I've, I've been divorced, so I lost it in a marriage. Um, I lost it in work. I lost it in caretaking about who I am, who, what I love to do, what my ultimate goals are. You know, this is only a moment in your life. It may be a very long moment. It may be a very dark moment, but it's still only a moment. Um, you know, my mom's situation was eight months. It was, I mean, it's a flash in the pan, but it was a very hard, what felt like a very long, very emotional moment. Um, and so coming out of it, I had lost so much in just that little moment of time, um, of who I am and what I am and where I'm going. So just don't lose who you are. Keep, you know, keep focusing and find something that you can continue to drive your life forward while you're still in this moment. Great advice. And I I love the idea that it's a moment. I think sometimes, you know, when we're in a really good patch of life, like where things are, everything's just in flow and nothing's, nothing's slowing us down, right? Like we, we think it's always going to be like that, or we set that expectation that that is what life is supposed to be as opposed to there are going to be ups and there are going to be downs. And the only thing permanent in all of this is change, right? Like this is all temporary. (laughs) Absolutely. So great advice. Thanks, Lainey. So (laughs) get us after that sort of diversion, get us back to your travel, like and how all of this comes together. Yeah. So why I'm traveling now and how it all came to pass. Well, um, so I, I knew, you know, staying with my aunt was temporary. I mean, remember I gave up my place in Denver, so I had no home. This was not a, an abnormal thing for me. I've been kind of a digital nomad for the last few years. So my life is in storage and, you know, mentally I'm like, I don't really want to settle down. I don't really want to get a place. I don't know where I want to go anyway. So I started talking with my coach and I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm not in this like settle again, air quotes. I have to settle down because society tells me I have to settle down and have a house and have a car. I've had all these things. I've had all of them all fabulously, but I didn't want to do it again. Um, I've lived a very minimal life over the last seven or eight years since I did lose everything. I, I never went back to that, um, accumulation lifestyle. And so I've really enjoyed the minimalism of, of how I live. And I didn't want to go back and spend fifteen hundred or two grand a month on an apartment. I was like, that just is a waste of money to me at the moment. And so she's like, Well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. I have a friend in London. It'd be fun to go see her. And so all of a sudden I'm sitting here designing my life in a different capacity than I've ever considered. Um, even or even not even considered, but not even thought that I could do. I mean, it's never been something like, oh, I could just go travel the world and work from wherever I'm at. Even though I'd been doing it in the US for three years, I'd been traveling between California, Washington, and Oregon for three years and worked as I wherever I was. I never thought about doing it globally. And so 
I actually built my entire current trip around coming to London to my friend that's here because we've been talking about me visiting for the last two and a half, three years. So we designed, I literally just manifested it. Just full on was like, all right, I'm going to go and I'm going to leave March 2nd. And I spent three weeks in three and a half weeks in the U.S. Um, finishing up, I went and saw my grandma. I wanted to see my grandma before I traveled because I was going to miss her birthday. Saw my mom, saw my dad, saw my brothers. Got um, some work done with a couple of other girlfriends in their respective cities. And then headed to Panama. And was like, all right, I'm going. And here I am. And I don't have all my stuff set up. And I don't know where else I'm going. I just know that I'm going. I do know a couple of places, but I don't have it all, like, in the, my agenda and yeah, the tickets the tickets aren't purchased you've you've no. got to figure out all the details yeah and it's completely in flow come a thousand percent in flow so when you made this transition was it scary was it exciting was it a combination of both um a little bit of both but not as not really as much scary as more like i'm out like i was like peace out <laughs> 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 There's a little bit of that like anxiousness of, oh my God, I'm doing this. Am I going to be able to do it? Um, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, this is, this is massive. You know, I had a lot of people go, oh my God, like you're going to travel. And I wish I was, you know, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I wish I had your life. And, and I'm going, what? Like you want, what? <laughs> like you could go travel too. But um, people people have different priorities and there's nothing wrong with those different priorities. But my priority now is to be a minimalist or to continue to be a minimalist um, and to travel and experience. And I realized for me, um, I've had all the stuff. I've had nice cars. I've had great houses at the beach. Like I've had it all. So what I haven't had is a global experience. I haven't been able to go see the world. Um, I have friends all over the world because I am this little social butterfly and I have friends online. And so I'm meeting all a bunch of my friends online and people think it's weird. They think it's crazy. They think it's odd. They think it's awesome. I have all these different, you know, things that come at me, but it feels normal. It doesn't feel weird. I was walking around central London the other day and I'm like, this is pretty cool. You know, I'm in the city and the tourists are driving me crazy. Like, I felt like a local, which is really (laughs) funny. And then I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a second, Lainey. Like, pinched myself. I'm a tourist in a foreign country. (laughs) Like, this is not normal for everybody. This is, but it felt like I belonged. Um, As in Panama, it felt like I belonged. Like, I don't feel like this is not a normal life. Like, this feels completely just part of who I am and part of what my life is. So, Lainey, how did you, as the person about to set off on this traveling lifestyle and the anal retentive planner reconcile? <laughs> I don't think they have. <laughs> so is no. that is that friction or is that flow? What does that look like, that relationship? Um, no, it's really, it's really um, flow. So when I say that I don't really have an itinerary in my head, I have a rough itinerary. So I'm allowing myself to be in flow. Um, So like my, when I came to London, I didn't have my exact dates of when I was going to come to London. I bought my plane ticket for London the day I arrived at the airport 
in Vegas to fly to Panama. So I bought my ticket to London eight days before I actually flew to London. Um, I knew I was going to London. Um, I just decided I didn't hadn't decided which day I wanted to arrive in London from Panama. Um, I'm going to Italy, which was a complete last minute event. So now I'm looking, I'm, I'm actually going to an event that I was invited to. So now I'm working on getting that added into my agenda right now. And it wasn't planned. And I'm okay with that because I kind of knew it was going on, but I was waiting for the invite and I got the invite last minute. So I'm making it happen. Um, I'm going to Bali next. Um, I was going to go to Barcelona. I actually canceled Barcelona because I really want to go to this Italy event and I don't want to spend the money on both because I'm being cheap about it. And, and that's a luxury that I get to have. Like I, I'm also getting to choose where I spend my money. Um, whether or not I can afford it, it, it's not really for me. It's not about affording it. It's about what do I want to do? What's, what's my priority? What do I, what experience do I want to have? So yeah, it's, there's no friction so much as I really am allowing myself to be in flow, but at the same time, my organized little self is like, okay, I'm going to probably go to Bali on this day and I'm going to go for this much time and I'm going to go to Australia and I'm going to Thailand and I'm going to go to New Zealand, but I don't know when I'm going to land in all of those places. <laughs> so, so it's rough. Well, it sounds like you're also being open to the opportunities. Like I think when we had talked originally, when you were first introduced to me, you know, you were headed to Barcelona or you thought you were going to be headed to Barcelona. And yes. then life has sort of dealt you these other opportunities and you're like, okay, this one now yeah. seems like a more appealing option and kind of just rolling with it. Absolutely. I actually canceled everything. For, I had bought tickets and everything to Barcelona. And, um, and I really debated because I think they're both really great opportunities. And um, I am not a very, like, as most, as some people would say, like, woo-woo um, <laughs> type of person. I'm very... Yeah, I use woo-woo. But I, yeah. <laughs> I know, like, it sounds so funny when you say woo-woo. It's like, I don't know. Um, but I'm, But I really have to, like, tap into that side of me. And my intuition is really strong, except for when I'm, like, debating myself on stuff. And then I have to, like, pull somebody else in and go, okay, I need help. And I had to pull my coach in and go... I'm really torn because these are really both great opportunities. I really want to go to Italy. She goes, are you wanting to go because, you know, of, of FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. And I was like, I don't know. And she goes, fear of missing out is not a good business decision. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so, um, so we sat down and we did some different like muscle testing and, spiritual testing type, you know, things. Um, I can't really talk about it because I don't really have the education to speak on it, but we just did some different things to figure it out. And um, in Italy, Italy, the poll for Italy is stronger than the poll for Barcelona. And so, um, so I'm going to Italy. And that's a very different thing for me to step into. Um, normally I would just be like, oh, I'm going to miss out and I really want to go. But to really sit down and um, embrace it from a different perspective. Um, it's, it's very empowering and it's very, um, unnerving when you see the results. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. There's something really deeply powerful about being intentional. Very. Yep. You know, very. And, and that the getting there process looks different 
for different people. Like, I mean, even among my clients, there are certain people, it's a very, you know, we look at data, we make decisions, we analyze stuff. And then with other, with other clients, it's a more organic, esoteric kind of, dare I say, woo woo process. (laughs) <laughs> right. So. <laughs> and my and my coach says the same thing. It's very much like both sides of it. So when we step into the, the woo-woo side of it, I'm like, okay, that's really weird. Okay. But I'm going to embrace it and accept it because it makes sense to me and it feels right. Got it. Got it. And here's a question because you had mentioned having friends all over the world and that's partly what allows you to travel like this. And I was introduced to you as a not a social butterfly but as a super connector among women oh my friend david kutcher he's awesome i know he is great thank you david i know he's good people (laughs) but how have you built that network um or does someone listening who's like networking and connecting and reaching out in that way and building relationships is just really heavy and hard for them. What advice would you have? uh, So the biggest thing is just to be yourself. I mean, I am a total nerd. All right. I mean, look, I talk in third person sometimes because I think it's funny. So, um, and I have accepted all my wacky ways, but I, I mean, I'm very intentional. Um, I care about people. I'm very intentional with how I speak to people. I listen. I want to know about them. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm in business. I want to make money. I want to do a really good job for my clients. I'm also a human being and I want people to care. So I want the same care and love and respect from others that, you know, that, that I want to give and, and vice, you know, vice versa. So I want to be able to, if I want that, then I want to give it and I need to give it. So I'm just, I like to meet people. I think people are intriguing. I think they're crazy. I think they're weird. I think they're amazing. I think that, you know, meeting people from all over the world, from different religions and walks of life and perspectives and, you know, political spaces, the whole nine yards is very, um, it makes you grow as a human being. I mean, I have friends from every walk of life and, they're amazing. I don't agree with every single person and every single belief and perspective and opinion and all of that. But being able to find common ground that you can converse on and learn from each other, even if you disagree, I love having conversations where we don't agree, but we can respectfully disagree and still love each other and still have good conversation and not be like, you have to believe what I believe. So I just, I'm very open. I'm, I don't push what I think on people, I'll speak my mind, but I'm open to hear what you have to say. And I'm open to learn and to take in a new perspective and say, hmm, maybe I should consider something like that. Or maybe I should do some research. Maybe I should learn and, and maybe not be ignorant on something that I'm probably ignorant on. That's a great point. And it's, and it's an important skill. I mean, that ability to listen and want to be open to a different perspective. It's such an important skill, especially in this day and age. Um, yeah, it, it is. I feel like this age of outrage, it's... It's disgusting. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> yes, it is pretty disgusting. And I guess I always, I go to mental images. And so the picture that I always have is people with a finger in both ears, but yelling their opinion. Like, so no, right. everyone's just yelling an opinion, but nobody's really listening. Nobody's listening. No, they're, everybody wants, oh gosh, everybody wants 
to ha- be heard. Everybody wants to be heard. So what if we just stopped and listened? And, and, then, and how easy and, that can be on the day-to-day basis. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that hard. You don't have to agree. And you don't, and, and I, I, I get, I get, I'm so disgusted with like people who are just so nasty about it all. I have no tolerance for it. Um, I'm shocked when I see people who I'm like, wow, I think they're really tolerant and I think they're really open-minded. And then I find out that their behavior is not, you know, it's, it's not in alignment with what they teach and preach through their business. Um, so it's, it's very interesting to watch how behaviors and actions can be diabolically opposed, um, across the board. Yes. Yes. And I mean, I'm someone who it's really important to me on a daily basis to be congruent in that way. Like to have my walk match my talk as best I can. Absolutely. Yeah. And and some days I fail, but really to try that. Yeah. I mean, we're human. And I think that's what we, that, you know, we expect everybody to be perfect. I mean, you, you can't pit the whole world against each other and that's what's happening. And it's really sad. And I'm like, I have some amazing friends that have different political and religious and spiritual beliefs from me. And I love them for who they are as people. And I don't have to agree with them and they don't have to agree with me. And we have amazing relationships. We have amazing conversations. We have amazing dialogues. We have fun together and we don't agree on everything and we don't agree on big stuff and that's okay. So Lainey, let me ask you a question about that. Uh Uh-oh. When you're in a conversation and you recognize that the person in front of you has a different set of values that you're probably not going to agree. How do you manage that socially? Right? Like, cause you don't, you want to still listen. I mean, are there catchphrases that you go to? Are there things that you say or do in a conversation so that you don't feel like you're crossing out of your value territory, but also keeping the peace at the same time? Um, there's a couple different things. Like on social media, I don't get involved. Um, I completely stay out of it because when you get yourself behind a keyboard, anybody, um, we do disgusting, awful things to people behind keyboards. So um, if I'm going to have a conversation with somebody about something that I'm you know, not in alignment with, normally I'll have it over the phone if I'm if I know that person really well, if I don't know them, I mean, th- this it depends on like the stage of the relationship um, and how I handle it. I mean, one of my best girlfriends is is black, and so we have the race conversation. I'm a white girl, just in case you all don't know. I'm a white girl from Northwest, from the Northwest, Oregon, like <laughs> born in the country. Um, <laughs> but like I said, I one of my best friends is is black from Mississippi, and I adore her. Like, we are like the Torsha and Lainey show. And we, <laughs> no, like, no joke, we're ridiculous. I could tell you some stories. Um, we work together. We've known each other for nine years. And we're like sisters from other misters kind of a thing. And we've had, and we've had some really hard conversations, and we don't agree on, on different things. But, but at the same time, like, we both see, like, we both see both sides. Um, we're both willing to to be open to both sides of the story. And um, because I grew up one way and she grew up a different way. And it doesn't mean that what that the way I grew up was wrong or the way that she grew up was wrong. It just we grew up different. Um, but really, there's we have our core values. When you really look at them and how we are raised coming from different backgrounds, so very similar. 
so very similar. And I think when you really start to dive into learning about people, how they were raised and where they come from. And, and, you know, we have, we, we believe what we believe and we act the way we act and we speak the way we speak because of experience that we experiences that we personally have had in our lives. And so if you can come from that perspective and you can come from that understanding, I think you can really be more open to somebody who walks a different walk and a different talk than you do, you know? And, um, I don't know. I just, I just have conversations. I'm just, I don't avoid them unless it's on, on actual social media. I will have a conversation with somebody over the phone or in person and go, I don't agree, or I don't understand. Tell me more, but I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to shut my mouth. And I think that's, and I know you're probably going, you you shut your mouth as, as fast <laughs> as I talk. <laughs> No way. You don't actually shut up, do you? <laughs> to be fair, I'm shining the spotlight on you. So this is your opportunity to talk as much as you want. No judgment uh, here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's really how I, how I approach it. I don't have specific tactics. I'm really just, you know, you're a human. I'm a human. We have different experiences. I want to learn. I want to be open. I want to, you know, I want to figure out how we can build a relationship with our different experiences. And it also sounds like looking for the common ground, like when you were talking about your friend, like saying, here's all the ways we're different, and you could focus your energy there. Or you can look for those small ways that you yeah. that you have similarities and start from there, because I bet there's more as you start talking. There's, exactly. And I think that it, people intentionally look for the differences, you know, like, and, and I don't want to get into all the dynamics of all of that. But if you did look for the similarities and said, how is this person, how can I relate more to this person? You might be surprised. Yes. And that's the, that's the beauty in conversations like that, where you mm-hmm. really do get those surprises. You know, you find out you both had a cow named Spot, like when you were a kid, that you would never know under any other circumstance or something exactly. totally random and esoteric like that. Exactly. <laughs> so Lainey, I know you are jet setting soon and going to be scooting out the door, but I would love to ask you some of the champagne questions if you have a few right. minutes. Let's do it. All right. So these are the more practical questions and then kind of thought questions. And the first one is, what's your favorite tool, app, gadget, or resource? Okay, so um, I live on my planner. And um, so I use the Passion Planner. And so I'm totally doing um, an ad for them. No, um, I don't make any money. (laughs) But the Passion Planner is my... I love my planner and I write all over it. It's messy. It's dirty. It's... I literally... It's like... I sleep with it. <laughs> my goals are in it. It has my... little jammies that it puts on. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, I'm building out, um, you know, I, I love um, vision boards, but, you know, I'm traveling. So I'm actually building out my vision board in the back of my planner, which is really a fun way to do it. Um, so my vision board is a traveling vision board. Ooh, and I so, dig. Yeah. So something a little different, you know, I mean, I can't really carry around this like, you know, two by three poster board with me everywhere. So you <laughs> could, you'd just look a little weird, probably I'll just look a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes, it's good. It's been going into my planner. So I've been having fun building that um, as I've been, 
I didn't build one at the beginning of the year. And so I was like, oh, I'll just put it in my planner and do it that way. And I was like, oh, I'm so smart. So, yeah. <laughs> I love um, it. So my planner. <laughs> so that's my, it's my planner. And then um, apps. Um, if you want a really good travel um, website for cheap flights, um, you heard it from me. It's called secretflying.com. And they have amazing, crazy, like crazy, 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 like steals on um, flights ac- across the globe. Um, and then what else I've got? I'm, I have so many tools and resources. I can't even tell you, um, to keep me entertained. I love Netflix and Hulu <laughs> because you know what? <laughs> a girl needs a break sometimes. So <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and, and then, um, but you know, business wise, um, I, I'm, I'm all over Instagram. So my, um, my two favorite, uh, Instagram tools are word swag and, uh, followers assistant. So I can see who's following me and unfollowing me and all that kind of stuff. So. Awesome. Awesome. And to everyone listening, I'll make sure you have links to all of these. And let's see, what is your most impactful habit? Oh man. Um, I have a few. Do you want the good ones or the bad ones? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I read every night when I go to bed every night. And, um, I, 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 two things, um, I've learned over and I've been doing this even when I was taking care of my mom and I've done this for years is I get up in the morning and I take time for, for myself and, and sometimes taking time for myself is like, bullshitting with my friends on social media in the mornings. Um, it's just, I don't, I don't work until 10 o'clock. I've set my schedule that I don't do anything before 10 o'clock in the morning work wise. Um, I'm, I allow myself to check emails and I allow myself to check social and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes down to meetings and appointments and, you know, actually physically functioning, (laughs) um, I don't do anything before 10 AM. And it's a thing that I've had set for probably a good four or five years. And I'll make exceptions because I am traveling internationally. So I do make exceptions, um, you know, on a case by case basis. And, and, and I, and I get to choose to do that. And that's been a a really good thing that I've done. And then every night I read, um, I read something. Sometimes it's just, you know, my, you know, whatever fun series I'm reading at the time, like right now I'm reading Outlander for the fourth time, um, the entire series. Yes. I read Outlander series every year, one time through. Um, wow. That's impressive. So I I have like, yeah, I, I read a lot. I probably read five to 10 books a month easily. I'm so with I you, homegirl. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. So right now I'm also reading, um, I'm reading a Jen Sincero's uh, You're a Badass. Love oh, it. I love that book. It's yeah, such a fun, kooky read. Uh, it is. It's <laughs> so great. So if you guys haven't gotten it, go get it. It's amazing. Cool. So those are my, that's my big habit that I really stick to. So you go back to Outlander and you're reading Jen Sincero right now. But if, <laughs> and I know this question, for people who love reading, this question can probably make your head pop off. If you had to be stuck on a desert island with one book, what would it be? Oh. <sighs> um. Uh. I, it's so impossible. Um, I have like a thousand books. You have no idea. Um, can I have a series? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you can have a series. <laughs> okay, so I, one of my favorite, I'm, I'm such a kid at heart. Um, one of my favorite series of all time is Anne of Green Gables. And I would probably stick with that. It's, <laughs> and I read that one every two years, the whole series. I like that, like, you revisit them like friends or family members. Like, oh, I, I haven't seen Anne in a while. I've got to get over to Green Gables. <laughs> really great. <laughs> I do. I, I read, I reread a lot of my books. Um, I enjoy them. I, I buy books that I enjoy. Um, yeah. So, so I love to read. It sounds like books are where you go when you need inspiration. Is, is there another place of, of inspiration for you? The beach or the mountains. I love to be outside. So if I need a break, I, I go take a walk. And um, I just, I got to be outside. If I can put my toes in the water um, in a creek or the ocean and get outside, put my, you know, connect to the earth, it's, it's just go and do it. It's so powerful. It's so cathartic. Awesome. And Lainey, these next few questions go together, but are a little bit of a different segue. How would you define being a modern woman? <sighs> I know, small, right? That's a really hard question because you can get yourself into like hot water with this question. I think really the biggest thing is if you take it singularly as, as who you are, is just acceptance, openness, um, living in gratitude, being as much of a positive impact on the world that you can be um, and, and showing love and being love. And what would you like to see modern women give more of a shit about? <laughs> a lot of things. Um, you know, not the things that, you know, people would think like, I, I, I'd like to stay away from like the political and the religious things because they're so heated, but care about each other lift each other up. I'm so tired of women tearing women down and seeing them just rip each other apart online and, you know, backbiting and backstabbing and all of that. I'm like, what if we just cheered each other on more? And we, my, one of my favorite quotes is a rising tide lifts all boats. Like, why don't we just fucking be a rising tide and actually make a difference in each other's lives? Yes. Yes. I had a guest recently, Minda Hartz, talk about woman on women crime. And so if people want to go back and listen to that, they can, they can hear some more gory details, but, but yeah, I, I I couldn't agree with you more. And conversely, what would you like to see modern women give less of a shit about? So many things. So, so many things. I think I'm going to tie it over back to the last one is, you know, competition. Stop competing with each other. Start collaborating with each other. Um, one of the things that has been the most successful things in my business is I collaborate with other event planners and it's hard. Let me tell you, it is really, really, really hard for me to find an event planner who doesn't think I'm going to walk in and steal her business. And what's really funny is I don't give a shit about another event planner's business. I want them to be as successful as I am and I want to be as successful as they are, but it doesn't mean that I have to go steal her business to be successful because that's not the way to be successful. Yeah, it's but not a zero-sum game, right? Yeah. There's plenty of work out there. And there's so much work. I mean, I'm sitting, I'm right now, I'm, I'm in the midst of collaborating with three different event planners on different events. Some are mine and some are theirs. And and we're all making money and we're all happy. And I'm not trying to steal their business. They're not trying to steal mine. 
that's the first time in my life that I've ever been able to actually work with another event planner who isn't threatened by me. I'm like, Lord have mercy. Ladies, I am not your threat. I am not your issue. <laughs> you need to look internally for that nonsense. <laughs> yeah, bigger issues than me. <laughs> Great point. Great point. And before I let you completely skedaddle, what do you most want La Vital Core Salon listeners to know? There are so many things. You know, guys, just support each other, love each other. Um, you know, if you want to connect with me, um, I'm completely random and crazy. Um, I don't put a lot of stuff on Facebook. I do, I guess, sometimes. But, you know, connect with me. Um, but just just be happy in what you're doing. And if you're not happy, do something different immediately, now, like today, like yesterday. Yes, life is precious, isn't it? Yes, totally precious. And Lainey, if... If women do want to connect with you, what's the best way? Instagram. You can find me at Events by Lainey. Facebook, Lainey Sullivan or Events by Lainey. And it's L-A-N-Y, like L-A, New York. That's how you spell my name. Um, <laughs> you like that? I love that. Um, <laughs> I used to say I'm bi-coastal. Now I'm international, so that doesn't work anymore. But <laughs> Yeah, that's true. You can find me on my website um, at eventsbylaney.com. Um, I have a ton of free event stuff. You can always come find me. I've got lots of new things happening. Yes. And for everyone listening, the other thing to know about Lainey's business, and I'll have all of the links and all of that stuff so you can you can track her down wherever she is in the in the planet. <laughs> but you know, the other interesting thing about Lainey's business is she recognizes that there are companies that can spend a fortune on having these like mega produced events and that there are smaller businesses that are struggling and she's got some really really great resources at a lower price point to help small business owners people like me plan events so definitely check that stuff out don't think you have to be like a mega bajillionaire or mrs monopoly to to have an event that feels awesome agreed i have more coming too i've created a new one yesterday yay dig i can't so, wait to hear more about it so <laughs> but i know you have to run for today i'm watching the clock like a hawk now um Lainey, I know, me too thank you so much for being here this was such an amazing conversation thank you oh thank you for having me and thank you for pulling it out of me props lady props <laughs> you're job. welcome you're welcome all right take care all right thanks This is Kara again, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. All of today's show notes can be found at levitalcoresalon.com. So that's any names we mentioned, any resources we mentioned. They're all right there, so you don't have to worry about scribbling stuff down. It's already typed out and easily clickable for you. If you dug today's show or even a past show, Please support La Vital Course Salon. One of the best ways you can do that is by going to iTunes and rating and leaving a short review. It literally takes a couple of minutes, but it will help other people find this show. And new shows will be up on the second and fourth Wednesdays of each month. So if you're wondering what that timing is, that's what it looks like. 
And before I bounce, I want to give a big merci beaucoup to my producer Craig Snyder and to Rishi Deer of Elephant Stone for writing and the High Dials for performing my most excellent theme song and all the music you hear. And don't forget, you deserve a life spiked with passion and slathered with joy. Don't let burnout or bullshit slow you down. See you next time.